the song says, come, now is the time to worship. And I kindly thought about that for a few minutes. And then the song goes on and it says, just as you are, come, just as you are. And I thought, God, I'm so thankful this morning that I can come just as I am. I don't have to put on airs. I don't have to be something I'm not. I don't have to pretend to be some great spiritual somebody, but I can just come, Sister Deborah, just like I am with all my frustrations, with all the, the stuff from the week or the, the month or the year or whatever. I can come just as I am, and I can worship Jehovah God, the one who is and was and always will be. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. And I'm thankful that he's allowed me to be a part of a body where we really do seek truth. Doesn't matter about man's traditions or what we've learned through the years in doctrine and, and teachings. We seek the truth on our knees, on our face before God. And I'm thankful for that because there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of untruth. There's a lot of cloudiness in, in churches today. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But I wanted to share with you this morning something that I saw last Sunday um, as Pastor was ministering in the Spirit. He was talking about Moses drawing the line in the sand. And as he began to speak, I could see in my mind, I could see the hand of God draw a line in the church. And I could see people gathering on either side of the line. And on one side were the religious people. The people who were doing all the do's, you know, and not doing the don'ts. And, and thought that they were there, Sister Ann. They, you know, paid their tithes and they gave their offerings. And they came to church on Sunday and all of those things. But yet they didn't have a heart for the truth to seek out what God really says. And then on the other side of the line were the, the true believers, those who believed the whole word of God, those who were seeking for a truth and a, and a God and to possess the things that he's promised us and how to live this victorious life. Not that we don't have trouble and, and chaos and circumstances, but that in the midst of everything that's going on in our life, there's a staying hand. There's a peace. There's, there's an overcoming power within us that says, I can do this. And I heard the witness of the Lord speaking and saying, we are well able to possess this kingdom. And then I heard uh, in my mind the scriptures where Moses was telling God, I can't. I can't go before Pharaoh and speak. I'm a man of slow speech. I can't do that. I, you can't ask me to do that. I'm not able. My mouth don't work right. You want me to be a speaker before Pharaoh?
And all the time God was saying, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I won't equip you to do. God gave Moses a spokesman. We know the story. Aaron, his brother, spoke for him. And I've often wondered, Sister Lisa, Moses cheated himself out of his own healing because he insisted on an alternate route rather than trusting God to give him sound speech. How many times have we cheated ourselves spiritually? How many times have, have we, Sister Ann, told God all the reasons why? When if we'd have just trusted him, that he would do it. We wouldn't have to. He would move for us. We wouldn't have to. Amen. I'm thankful this morning that we can trust him. He's trustworthy. He's not man that he would lie, nor the son of man that he should have to repent. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning because he's God and he's in control. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't really have anything else. Let's just reach out for a minute to the Lord and see what he would say this morning. Lord, we, we worship you, God. You are holy. You are. And we're just earth, God, clay. But we're your creation, and we stand before you this morning, God, thankful for who you are and what you are. God, thankful that no matter where we go or what we're doing, we can trust your almighty hand to guide and direct and keep our path safe and straight. God, you have a plan for this service. There's no one here by accident this morning, God. But you drew people, God, according to your will and your plan. Now, you, Father, you direct this service. Lord Jesus, you take control and you speak to us according to your will. And for these things, God, we're careful to praise and glorify and honor you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Justin, if you would, son, get my music up. Hallelujah. I'm going to try to sing this song, and I want you to just think about the Lord and what he means in your life. Maybe there's something you're going through that you need him to do for you. Say I'm going to sing it. Let's see. Maybe I won't. I'm so thankful for that anchor in my life in the midst of all the chaos trouble on every side there's an anchor that I depend on he holds me sister Deborah day in and day out 
regardless of mama in the nursing home, regardless of daughter-in-law with cancer, regardless of daddy in the hospital with his heart, regardless of how tired your body gets trying to go and do and take care of, there is an anchor that is undeniably present in my life. And I'm thankful this morning for that. Hallelujah. Do you have an anchor in your life today? Do you depend on that anchor? Do you look to him for strength and mercy and help in the time of trouble? Hallelujah. Can you find it, son? Praise the Lord. Pastor, if you're ready, I'll skip the song. Just don't know where it disappeared on me. It says music. <laughs> right there. You went right to it. I couldn't see it from looking for it. this fancy equipment.
glad to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm sure there's not anybody in here feels like your ship's battered. Anybody in here feels like your sails are torn. The anchor holds. Amen. The anchor holds. Through 46 years of serving God this year, Brother Donald, the anchor holds. Through falling off a roof in 2000, busting my body up, and God putting me back together, the anchor holds. Through going through a house fire and 
everything we had in 2003. The anchor holds. Do like to dine with sugar in 2014. Didn't even know I had anything working in my body. Wind up in the emergency room 3.30 in the morning, sugar over 1,000. A1C over 14, something laughing. Give me the handheld. I don't know what's going on with this. Either ought to be dead or in a diabetic coma. So they put me in ICU and she went to the chapel, got on her knees, started praying. The Lord told her. She said, I'm not through with him. She said, Now we'll heal him and raise him up. The anchor still holds. Through all the ministry, tornadoes, tearing up tents, losing equipment, fighting for souls here, fighting for souls overseas, the anchor still holds. It's one thing you can always put confidence in. He said, I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. He said, but I'll go with you, even to the ends of the age. He said, I'll go with you. doesn't matter. Does anybody know what the word trial means? You ever just looked at the word trial and broke it down to see what it means? It means test. It means to prove you. See if you're going to walk with Him in every situation. You know, if we're just going to serve God in the good times, anybody can serve God in the good times. Amen. Well, when Job lost everything he had, all his earthly possessions, plus all his children, and that wasn't enough, the devil went back before the Lord and said, hmm, let me touch him. Let me touch his body. He said, devil, you can do anything you want to. He said, but you can't touch his life. Job sitting in a pile of ashes with a broken piece of pottery. Soil balls all over him. His wife looked out there at him and said, Does thou still maintain thy integrity? Won't you just curse God and die? Job said, You talk like a foolish woman. He said, Shall we receive good only at the hands of God and not evil also? See, God allows things to come your way. We don't understand it. Well, God puts us through approving. God puts us through approving. You know why He proves us? Because He loves us. He wants to bring us to that place. He can place His Spirit and His Word in our life. We can be a testimony for Him. I want to be a testimony that Christ has took His abode in here. I'm not looking for money. I'm not looking for riches. I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for prestige. I'm, not, I'm looking for the very fact that my life can manifest the Christ. That's what I'm fighting for. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. I'm excited about what God's doing. I see a working of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. But a lot of people, they're being fought. They're being tested. They're being proved. 
and they're wavering. Don't ever waver. Don't ever waver. The Lord's there. The Lord's there. Amen. Doesn't matter what happens. You know, I just, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's been about a month now, I had to go just out of Savannah, Georgia, and preach the funeral for a good friend of mine that's a minister. Been on the mission field with her up in Canada and over in the Philippines. And found her 41-year-old son dead. Hardest thing, one of the hardest things I ever had to do. But the Lord spoke to me about him. She's going through a great grief and a great sorrow. But she knows through all that sorrow, God's still there. Does she understand what happened? No. And I was praying and the Lord put it in my spirit. He said, I am God and I am just and I don't make mistakes whether you understand it or not. And the Lord began to let me see. He said he was ready. I called him home. He might have went another 10 years and shipwrecked. And his soul could have been lost. See, there's things God knows that we don't know because God said, I know you're down-sitting. I know you're uprisings. I know you're down-sitting. I know you're beginning. I know you end. So because God does things we don't understand, don't mean God messed up or made a mistake. God don't make mistakes. Because, see, this little thing up here can't figure God out. God said, as high as the heavens are from the earth. He said, that's how high my ways are from your ways and my thoughts are from your thoughts. He said in 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter, he said, your eye hath not seen and your ear hath not heard, neither is it entered into your heart the things I have prepared for them that love me and them that wait upon me. I appreciate the Lord today. I do. I appreciate His goodness. I appreciate His mercy. And I'm going to read some familiar scriptures here. And I'm going to exhort if the Lord let me go that way. See, everything with me hinges on what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do. That's just the way I am. Y'all know I've come out here and I've prepared notes. and I'll spend all week studying preparing notes. And I don't prepare them for me because I don't preach off of them. But I prepare them for you to take and study. I don't need them. When God puts something in my spirit, it's in here. But I feel like God is getting ready to take us in a brand new direction. Do something different in us than we've ever walked in. And Lisa, did you introduce our visitors? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm so glad to have my mother-in-law here today. Been a long time since she got to come. And this is Sister Brockway. This is her sister-in-law. Y'all remember her brother just died a few months back. Well, this was his wife. We're glad to have her in service. I think I met him 
over 35 years ago when me and my wife got married, and I don't know if they've ever been in service with us, but we're glad to have you. And this is her friend. I, I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Patricia, Sister Patricia. And this brother said his name's Brother Patterson, right? Okay, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. I don't know the, where the rest of our congregation is today, but that's okay. The Lord knows. But I truly feel like God's fixing to take us in a different direction than we've ever, we've ever been. Because right now, what's being preached and what's being manifested and demonstrated, it's not getting people's attention and it's not helping people. And God's not powerless. God's hand ain't short. Don't say God's hand is short that he cannot save and he can No, God's hand ain't short. But I want to go to Matthew, the third chapter. And if y'all will pull with me today, I'll preach about 30, 45 minutes. You don't, I'll preach three hours. And y'all know I can do it too. <laughs> But I'm going to read a couple of verses in Matthew, the third chapter, in the 11th verse. He says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, gather his wheat into the garner, will he, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Okay, I'm going to the book of Acts, the first chapter. And I'm going to read from the fourth and fifth, and then I'm going to go to the eighth verse. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now won't you go with me to the book of Hebrews, the second chapter. And we'll read this and then I want to exhort a little bit. Y'all there with me in Hebrews chapter 2 or... Jot it down so you can go back and read it later. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts, of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now what I want to talk to you about, if the Lord will let me go that far, is we are well able to possess what God is setting before us. 
I know Sister Kathy, uh, I heard her talking about what the Lord showed her uh, two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I don't. I guess it was last week. The Lord took me out in the spirit, and I saw Moses standing in the gate of the camp. And he called and said, Whosoever's on the Lord's side, let him be gathered unto me. And I saw the sons of Levi gather to Moses. Then Moses told them, said, Let every man put his hand to his sword, go and slay your brother, slay your neighbor. The Bible said they killed 3,000 that day. Because Moses had come down out of the mountain, getting the Ten Commandments, and he'd found the people worshiping idols, committing fornication. And wasn't a little bit longer probably a couple of minutes till I seen a man about his waist and I seen a big sword and I seen him pull his sword out and I started screaming out, the sword of the Lord is unleashed. The sword of the Lord is unleashed or unsheathed. When just a few minutes later, I seen that sword dripping with blood. I'm telling you, something fixing to happen. Something fixing to happen. God's trying to prepare his people. Something fixing to happen. It's time to get sent out of the camp. But she said the Lord showed her a dividing. Some were saying they can't. They can't pray. They can't. When God said something before us, He equips us to possess it. He gives us the ability and the wisdom, the strength and the power to go forward and possess it. When Joshua and those spies, I think there was 12 of them, Joshua and Caleb, I think there there may have been more. It's been a long time since I read it. But they come back and they told the people how great the land was. Man, do you realize the goodness of God and the power and the authority of God in this kingdom that God set before us? But there's people who want to stay with just good old religion. I've been in religion all my life. I was born, my dad was a pastor of a denominal church. I've been raised in church. I've been raised around what we call the Holy Ghost and signs and wonders and miracles. I was raised in the days of the healing revivals. I was raised going to tent meetings with fifteen and 20,000 people a night. Have three services a day, and then at night you'd have 15, 20 plus thousand people, and God working all manner of miracles. I was raised in them kind of meetings. I know what God will do. I've seen it with my own eyes. But there was people that, no, we can't, we can't do this. But God spoke to Sister Kathy. Same thing He spoke to Joshua and Caleb. He said, let us rise up right now and go and possess it. He said, we're well able. When God said something before you, you're well able. Because the battle ain't yours, the battle's the Lord's. Amen. When Moses was on the banks of that Red Sea and Pharaoh's army coming in behind the children of Israel, the children of Israel started complaining to Moses, yeah, you brought us out here to die out here. He said, wasn't there no graves in Egypt? Wasn't there a place down there for us to be buried? You ought to drag us out here in the wilderness. Let us get killed out here. Moses got on his knees and started praying. You know what God told him? He said, get up. Get up and go forward. 
What was in front of them? The Red Sea. Pharaoh's army behind them, wilderness all around them. And God said, get up and go forward. Stretch your rod out over that sea. Somewhere you got to dare to believe God. Somewhere you got to let faith get a hold of your heart and you got to step out there and say, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm moving on your word. I'm doing what you told me to do. I'm acting uh, on your commandment and you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to be God. You're going to have to reveal yourself. Just like you come walking on that water in the middle of that storm and Peter and all them disciples in that boat uh, and they looked out there and seen him and they cried out and some of them said, it's a ghost. That lightning flashed again. Peter looked at him and said, no, that ain't no ghost. That's my Jesus. Jesus. Can't y'all see the way he walked? Can't y'all see that confidence? Can't you see that authority and dominion in him? Can't you see there's something in him? He said, that's my Jesus. I said, Peter, you're crazy. That's got to be a spirit. Peter hollered out, Lord, if it's you, bid me come unto you walking on the water. Be careful what you ask God. Be careful sometimes what you ask God. So the Lord just looked over at Peter and said, Come. Come. Now I can see Peter go up the edge of the boat and start to throw his foot up on the side of the boat, go over and everybody grab him and say, Wait a minute, Peter. You see that storm out there? You see them winds? You see them waves? He said, Yeah, but I see Jesus. Jesus said, Come. All right, now, Peter, you got to use faith. This ain't wisdom. This ain't wisdom, man. You gotta, you gotta have some common sense. Uh, yeah, you got, you, you can't step out there in the middle of that storm, man. Uh, have some common sense. Let me tell you something. Faith don't work on common sense. Uh, faith works on daring to believe God. Uh, it works on believing that what God said, uh, He is able to perform it. Uh, Peter stepped out of that boat, hit that water, uh, and started walking toward Jesus. Sometimes uh, you just gotta get out of the boat. Sometimes you gotta dare to believe God. Uh, and I believe. God is taking us into a place uh, that he's going to reveal himself. Uh, he's going to make himself. We're fixing to know the God of this Bible. We're fixing to see the God of this Bible. Uh, We're fixing to see the signs and the miracles and the deliverance uh, of this Bible because God uh, is going to show himself strong uh, toward them that love him and them that seek him. Hallelujah. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. But now y'all stay with me because I'm fixing to Try to take you somewhere if you go with me. Everybody knows about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. John preached it. Well, what did John come preaching? The kingdom. Jesus come preaching the kingdom. He, he come preaching salvation. He come preaching deliverance for all men. That's the authority of the kingdom. John said, I baptize you with water under repentance. He said, but it's coming one after me. That's the one that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. Then over in Acts chapter 2, Y'all know how when it says in the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were all in one accord and there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. I ain't quoting word for word. We can turn over and get it. Acts chapter 2, the first verse. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now this is what I want you to understand. There had been a promise of God that he was going to bring salvation. He was going to bring deliverance. He was going to bring healing. He was going to bring forgiveness to man. And Jesus came and brought that promise. He spoke that word. He fulfilled it. The Holy Ghost was a witness and given as a sign that the word of God was fulfilled. It bore witness that that promise of God had been preached, it had been prophesied, it had been spoken, but then it was fulfilled. It was fulfilled. Isaiah spoke it eight or nine hundred years before Jesus was ever born. Are y'all with me? He spoke it hundreds of years. And there's been a word of God spoke all down through the generations. It's never been fulfilled, but somewhere God is going to fulfill his word. And when he done this, when he when he fulfilled his word, he said, I'm going to send the promise of my father. I promised you a baptism of the Holy Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. I, I promised you my spirit would come I, and endue you with power. And in Luke 24, I, 49, he said, you wait, you tarry. Don't you leave Jerusalem until I clothe you with power from on high. Don't you leave. You stay right there. And you wait for the sign of my promise. You wait till I confirm that this salvation and this deliverance and this healing, he done it as a sign to let the Jews know that his word had been fulfilled. Are you hearing me? All down through the years. You go over to Hebrews 2 where I read, Paul wrote in Hebrews 2 and 4, he also bearing them witness. Witness to what? Witness to what? That salvation, deliverance, forgiveness had been given. And he bore witness with diverse signs, gifts, and miracles of the Holy Ghost. He bore witness. He was bearing witness that the word of God had been prophesied by the prophets of old. That had been preached by John about that baptism of the Holy Ghost in fire. He bore him witness. Are y'all with me? He bore him witness. That's what this working of the Spirit of God was for. You say, well, Brother Matter, I had never seen it like that. I hadn't either until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> it's even a couple of weeks ago. He bore him witness. That's what it was for. We've been raised up, I have, with the Holy Ghost. In our knowledge, which is limited, of the gifts and the anointing. I believe in the working of the Spirit of God. I believe in all nine gifts of the Spirit, and I have all nine gifts working in my life in a measure. But I believe there's a completeness and a maturity of these gifts. 
I've seen them, been around them. Had them work in my life. Had them work in other people's lives. Seen miracles. And a lot of y'all have too. You've seen God do this. What? To bear witness to us. But, where do we go from here? Because this ain't the end all and be all of God. This ain't the fullness of what God wants to do. God wants the people to come to maturity. <coughs> because y'all not going to like what I'm fixing to tell you. But as long as we keep staying right here, as long as we keep staying, what I'm fixing to read y'all, we can't grow. We can't move on. We can't go further. Turn to me to 1 Corinthians 13. God spoke this to me on September the 23rd, 2015. Just as plain as I'm looking at you, I heard the voice of God speak in my spirit. And then the Lord started dealing with me. And me and Lisa have been talking all week, and I've been telling her where God's been dealing with me and where God's been putting my spirit and talking to me. And then we went back and listened to the prophecy that came in here two weeks ago. Or on the 19th of February. And everything that I had talked to her about was in that prophecy. And I didn't even realize it. Almost everything. Y'all with me? Y'all going to let me take you somewhere? Verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13. Charity never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. That should read, they shall cease. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. That word perfect right there means mature and complete. When God brings in his completeness and his fullness and brings us to maturity, we ain't going to keep doing what we're doing right now. The working of the gifts and the working of the Spirit of God is to bring the saints to perfection or maturity. You go to Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12, and it says, For God gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting or the maturing or to bring a completeness in the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. There's a lot of good preaching going on, but there ain't much good teaching. That's the reason I've started on Tuesday night having a Bible study and we set a table right here. If the people come, we put out two tables. The people just sat down and they start asking questions. I don't prepare a sermon. I don't prepare notes. I don't prepare a, an agenda. I just say, come with your questions about what God's teaching us. Start asking questions. And I said, I'll answer them to the best of my ability by the leadership of the Holy Ghost. So far, man, we've had some great Bible studies. I mean, there have been two or three of them this last two and a half and three hours. We just sit down and discuss and talk and I teach. 
on what God has put in my spirit. But y'all see what Paul's saying here? He's saying there's coming a time that God's going to bring in something more complete. God's going to bring in something more perfect. And when that happens, us knowing in part, understanding in part, seeing in part, working in the gifts in part, he said that's going to be done away with. That's going to be done away with. Are y'all following with what I'm saying? I don't want to keep walking in immaturity. I don't want to keep walking in ignorance. When Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, the very first verse, he said, Brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you ignorant. Who today can teach on spiritual gifts? Who today, you don't have very many ministers that is experienced in the working of the gifts and understand the working of the Spirit of God in gifts because everything up to right now has worked in part. It's worked in part. But on September the 23rd, 2016, the Lord spoke to me. I was in the office at the church in Fort Payne, Alabama, and I was getting ready to minister that night, and the Lord spoke to me. That which is perfect has come. He said, I'm bringing the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding to take my people into perfection or maturity or completeness. Over there in Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12 where I was quoting, it says, for the work of the ministry. I mean, for the, edi- for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the one faith, of the faith, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or a mature and complete man. God wants to bring his people forward into a maturity that the very full life of Christ can be made manifest in us. So the way you're going to help people. I have no ability of myself to do the things of God. Now I'm not saying God ain't giving me ability and wisdom about things over 46 years. It's kind of like my daddy used to tell me. He died at 88, almost 88 years old. He said, son, he said, a man can't live this long and not learn something. <laughs> so in 46 years of serving God, I think I've learned something. Amen? But see, Paul is teaching here. He said, all these things that are happening right now, he said, when that which is perfect or mature, complete in God, when he begins to bring that in, he said, all these things are going to be done away with. He said, right now, you see everything of God through a glass darkly. I was preaching, I think it was in Fort Payne one time, because we was there almost 15 years, founded the church there, God established it, and when God get ready for me to leave, he said, pack up and go to L.J., I said, God, I've labored here 15 years and brought all these people into faith. Now are you telling me to pack up and leave? I said, I'm going to have to start all over. God said, pack up and leave and go to LJ. I said, all right. If I was looking for an easy road or I was looking just to make a name, I got a man right now out of Tupelo, Mississippi. He come over here in our meeting in September. When you got baptized this day, y'all remember that man came? He's sitting over there on a, it'd probably cost half a million dollars to build that church. And it's sitting over empty. He wants me to come, he, 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 I mean, he didn't come out and say it, but he just pulled on me and pulled on me and still pulled on me. Brother Miller, come over here and pass this church. 
I mean, see, probably three, four, five hundred people. Beautiful. Inside and out. If I just wanted to, and I could go over and draw people. Because I preached revivals in that area several years and had a lot of miracles, a lot of deliverance. But that ain't where God put me. God didn't say, you go over to Amory, Mississippi and pastor that big church. He said, you go up to L.A.J. And we started in Sister Kathy's living room for about a year. Preached every Friday night and then changed it over to Sunday in, I think, May of 2015. And then July the 5th. Was it 2015? 2016? 15? We started right here. God opened this door. The lady that owns this church building, her mother built it, and we finally made contact with her. I didn't even remember this church being here. I preached it once several years ago. She said, you come. You come. So we've been laboring here since July the 5th, 2015. Don't look. Like what man wanted to look. But I'm going to tell you, there's a working of the Spirit of God in here. There's a power that sits down in this place, especially in prayer and prayer on Monday nights, Bible study on Tuesdays. Hallelujah. There's something working. There's something moving. God is conditioning people to move forward because we've been stuck in a, you call it a spiritual rut, you call it, we've been the same, I've seen the same Workings of the Spirit of God. I'm 64 years old, and I've seen them ever since I'm old enough to remember. Just like God's people are stuck, and they can't get above, can't get out. I don't know if I can get an amen out of y'all today or not. Won't you go with me to Hebrews, the fifth chapter? I'm ready to go on into what God set before us. Amen. You think God's going to leave us in immaturity? You think God's brought us this far to pack up and leave us? No, but we got to let God change us. We got to let God change us. You know, it's kind of like in 98. The Lord took me into that vision, and I saw Joshua standing on the banks of Jordan. And the voice of the Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. And I saw in the vision Joshua turn and look at the tabernacle. Because everywhere they stopped, they set up the tabernacle. The pillow of cloud wasn't there. It never appeared again over the tabernacle. You know why? God was changing the order. God was changing the leadership. He was changing the way people were to follow him. Standing right there that day, Joshua heard the voice of the Lord say, Moses, my servant is dead. He turned and looked at the tabernacle and the pillow of cloud was always there by day. The pillow of fire was always there by night, but it wasn't there. And God said, I'm fixing to take you a different way. 
He said, you've always followed the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. He said, now the priest going to put the ark on their shoulders. You're going to follow them. They're going to step down in Jordan. And when their feet hit the brink of the waters, I'm going to roll it back and I'm going to make dry ground. And y'all going to go over, being led by the priesthood. Joshua realized that right there, everything he knew to be God for 40 years was gone. Wasn't there no more. Wasn't there no more. He had to find God in a different way. He had to learn to hear God's voice in a different way. I don't care what you've been raised in. I don't care what God's taught you. There are seasons that God puts you in. And then when you've learned what God wants you to learn, he'll move you to a different season. He may move you to a different place. But God's got a reason for where he puts you. He's got a reason for where he places you. He's got a reason for who he puts you with. But then God also, if he moves you, has a reason to move you. And y'all ever go to school? Go to grade school? You know, I used to worry every year in grade school if I was going to pass because they didn't socially promote you back then. <laughs> you had to earn <laughs> You had to earn it or they held you back. And I always done good in my schoolwork, but I, I get worried every May if I was going to get promoted to the second grade and then the third grade. Are we letting God promote us? Are we letting God bring us forward? Are we still doing the same things we've done for 40 years? Joshua knew something had changed. And then when the Lord told him, you let them priests go ahead of you and you stay back 2,000 cubits. He said, you watch. He said, for you ain't never passed this way before. God's taken us in a way we ain't never walked before. We've had miracles. We've had healings. We've had gifts. We've had tongues. The Bible said where there be tongues, they'll cease. Where there be prophecies, they're going to cease. You've known in part, you've understood in part, you've prophesied in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I grew up in God, when I became a man, he said, God started using me different. God started teaching me different. He said, I put away them childish things. Y'all ready to put away childish things? Y'all ready to get away? I'm not telling you they're going to quit tomorrow. I'm telling you God has conditioned us to take us places. And as long as people need ministering to, these gifts are going to operate. But if people don't make a move to come further, God's fixing to leave some folks behind. You know, there's two and a half tribes of the children of Israel. Before Moses died, they... They said, we don't want to go across Jordan. <laughs> we'll stay right here. So they settled on this side of Jordan. I don't want to settle for anything less than God's very best. If that's what God's got for me, and I believe he does. That's what God began to show me. We all know how God used Moses. We know all, all the miracles. We know how great God used him. 
So as the Lord showed me that vision, he spoke right in here. He said there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses. You ever have God just baffle you and blow your mind? So I just kind of said, now, whoa, wait a minute, Lord. Me, little old bitty, finite me, said, now, hold on here, God. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. He said, when Moses stretched his rod over the Red Sea, he said, how long did it take it to part? I said, Bible said the east wind blew all night long. When they got up the next day, the land was dry and they could go over. He said, when I told Joshua put the ark on the priest's shoulders and their feet hit the water, he said, how long did it take the waters to part and the ground to dry up? I said, immediately. That's what the word says, immediately. He said, when Moses would call for the plagues on Egypt, and then he'd go out there, and after Pharaoh said he's going to change things, he'd go out there and hold that rod up. I said, he said, how long did it take him to change? I said, sometimes a day, sometimes two. Go back and read your Bible. The Bible said Moses would go hold his rod up and tell Pharaoh, said, by this time tomorrow, frogs will be gone, plagues will be gone. Right? He said, when Joshua cried out for the sun to stand still, he said, and I heard his voice and I hearkened to him. He said, how long did it take the sun to stand still? Immediately. This is what God told me. See, I'm a kingdom preacher. I believe in the authority and dominion of the kingdom of God, the word of God, living right here. The kingdom ain't material gain. It's the power and the dominion of that Christ having dominion over everything. It rules heaven. Next time you pray the Lord's Prayer, listen to what you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, he rules heaven. He said, now let it be rule. Let that rule be down here. Let that dominion is fixing to be living right here. I believe in that. This is what the Lord told me. He said, the anointing and the word that brought you to the kingdom is not going to be enough to take you into the kingdom. He said, I've got to do something new. I've got to do something different. God's fixing to do something new, and he's fixing to do something different. Because what we got right now, you say what you want to, it's immaturity. It's immaturity. It's not taking us forward. But there's a lot of people, they're not seeking for God to take them forward. I'm seeking for God to take me forward. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Y'all give me five minutes and I won't take over 30. Okay, let's go to verse 12. For when the times ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles or the oracles of God. Paul said right here, when you ought to be teaching, you need somebody to teach you the basics. First principles are the basics. When to school, you learn JBCs. Any of y'all 
read the books, see Jane run, see Dick and Jane run, see Spot run. Y'all read those? That's your basics. So Paul's saying here, when y'all have graduated from college and have a degree to be a teacher, you got need that one go back and teach you again the very basic principles of the very oracles of God. Am I beginning to make sense to you now? And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Y'all getting some meat today. Hope this don't clog your bottle up. <laughs> Y'all just have to bear with me sometime. I believe in having a good time when you're in the house of the Lord. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Do y'all know what the word of the Lord is? Sword of the Spirit. You don't know how to use the sword. You can hurt yourself for somebody else. Paul said you're unskillful. I don't care how long you've been saved. I remember an old preacher back in the 50s. Some of y'all might have heard of him, Jack Coe. Had great revivals. I mean, miracles on top of miracles. On top of miracles, drew crowds, 15,000, 20,000. Had big tent meetings, church meetings. Go to auditoriums, and it'd be packed out in 15, 20 minutes. The fire department have to shut the doors. Couldn't let no more people in. Many people standing outside. There was inside. He said he's in the church praying one day, and he said they got a phone call, and the pastor told him somebody on the phone wanted to talk to him. He went in and started talking to the lady, and and she wanted him to come somewhere and pray for such and such an individual. I said, well, bring him to the meeting. Get a prayer card. We'll get him in the prayer line. Now you don't understand who I am. He said, really? He said, no, I don't. He said, well, our name's on the cornerstone of the church. He said, okay. Bring him to the meeting. Get him a prayer card. I'll pray about it. We'll see what God will do. No, you don't understand if you go out there and look on the benches. Said there's brass plates and gold plates with our names engraved on about every bench in the church. Said our names are on every pew. He got tired of food and he said, lady, I'll pew. He said, God don't do favors and God don't do specials. He said, God's God and he's no respecter of persons. Y'all hear me? God's God. He ain't going to heal you for who you are. He ain't going to heal you for how much money you got. He ain't going to heal you for what you give to the church. He ain't going to heal you because you're outstanding in the community. Are y'all listening to me? He's going to heal you because you believe. And you petition him. You got faith in God. Do, you, do I have to have somebody lay hands on me? No. You don't. God heal you without anybody laying hands on you. How did I get off on that? It's time to get skillful. It's time to learn to use the Word of God. It's time for God to teach us and train us with the sword of the Spirit. The Lord told me years ago, He said, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. He said, you can take the Word of God. He said, you can go out there and wield that sword. He said, you can hurt people. You can wound them. You can kill them spiritually. He said, or you can become a skillful warrior. He said, you can cut every tie that binds and destroy every yoke. That same word 
in the hands of somebody unskillful. He said it can kill and destroy and maim. He said, but you learn to use that word. He said it'll destroy every yoke and break every tie that binds. He said, but you've got to become skillful. You don't become skillful with the word of God overnight. I've made my mistakes. But the more I practice, the more I seek God, the more God teaches me and trains me, the more skillful I am with that word. People need some skilled laborers. They need somebody that knows how to wield that sword. I'm going to tell you something. The enemy's alive and he's well and he's on the loose. And everybody that's called and chosen of God, he's trying to tear them down and destroy them. And he don't care how he does it. Give him a door and you'll find out. He get in, he'll cause upsetness. For he's come for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You give him an opening, he'll do it. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I want that abundance of life. I want that eternal life. Paul said, fight the good fight of faith that you may lay hold on eternal life. You've got to be willing to fight. You've got to learn how to fight. Amen. You read that Ephesians, the sixth chapter about the armor, and everything in that armor is defensive weapon except the sword, and that's your offense. The Lord told me way back in 96, and I was in a tent meeting in Tupelo, Mississippi. He said, you can use every weapon, and he said, you can just block the devil's blows. You can keep yourself shielded. You can keep yourself covered. He said, but do you step out and get on offense and start going toward the devil and driving him back and fighting the forces and the powers that war? He said, you ain't going to gain no ground. As long as you're just defending yourself, you might hold your ground. You might have to back up. But when you're on defense, you don't move forward. You hear me? You got to get offensive. You got to get offensive. You got to learn what that sword of that spirit is. You got to learn how to use it. And you got to learn what prayer is. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, he said, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, to every thought that, that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, till every thought is brought into obedience. And once, once disobedience is fulfilled or revenged, obedience will be fulfilled. We got weapons. But nobody's teaching us how to use them. People just want to preach good messages. I don't need good messages. I've heard good messages for 60 years of my life. I need something that's going to teach me to become a, a warrior, a fighter, a laborer, that I can get something done. Y'all hanging with me? But strong meat belongs to them that are full age. That means you've come to maturity. He said, strong meat. I got a new grandson. What is he, seven? Going on eight months, Lisa? Will he be? Be seven months, the 8th of March. You can't feed him strong meat. God expects you to get the sincere milk of the word when you're Young, he said, you're a babe. You desire the sincere milk of the word whereby ye might grow. But God don't want you sitting around until every, all your teeth fall out and you got to try to dumb it to death. Once you become where you can be a partaker of strong meat, you're mature. 
your season. Then it's time to start using. Then it's time to start using. Amen. We only go to school so long. We can only be conditioned and prepared for God to do something so long. And then somebody got to get out of the boat. Somebody got to say, all right, let's go. We're well able to take the land. We're well able to overcome and possess this. I'm not looking back. Because if all you hear is testimonies of healings, miracles, and prophecies, and I can testify about them. I can testify about healings. I can testify about miracles by the scores. I can testify about prophecies that God's brought to pass. Y'all have heard them right here in this church, seen them happen. But see, that's where the church is. That ain't where God wants it to stay. Am I making sense? You, you read the Gospels, it's all about power. It's all about miracles and healings. It's all about what Jesus done and also what the disciples or apostles done. He gave them power. Did he not? He gave them power over all devils, over all power of the enemy, according to Luke. He said, nothing will hurt you. But when he went away, all that power went with him. <laughs> then they had to go and seek God for themselves. That's what he said in Acts 1 and 8. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And with that power of the Holy Ghost, you're going to bear witness that I've come and done what I said. And I'm going to confirm it with miracles. I'm going to confirm it with signs. And that's what he done. Amen. We go back to the Gospels and we preach about power. We preach about the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's okay. We preach from the book of Acts about how he said after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll receive power. We preach about that. We can preach about the miracles in the book of Acts. But when you move from the Gospels in the book of Acts into the epistles, it's not teaching on power. It's teaching on maturity. It's teaching on maturity. It's teaching on growth. It's teaching how to bring our flesh and our this carnal mind under subjection. Get it out of our road. Y'all listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. Because you can have the workings of the gifts. You can have the Holy Ghost. Go back all the way through. Every man of God got ever called. The Spirit of God was with him. The Holy Ghost. The power of God came on Samson mightily. Then he'd go out and sleep with a harlot. God used Moses, used Elijah, used prophets all down through the years. Then he used the disciples in the book of Acts for signs, wonders, and miracles by the Holy Ghost. There's something deeper in God got to come. There's an outpouring we've never tasted of. There's a baptism that's never been given that we're going to have to have to kill the sin nature. Because I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you serve God. I don't care how great God's used you, anointed you, or talked to you. Sin nature's still alive. Is it not? Is sin nature not still alive? But God told us in Romans 6 
there's a place, there's a baptism, and it ain't water baptism that'll destroy this body of sin. There's something God wants to condition us to, and we need to get our eyes off of miracles. We need to get our eyes off of signs and wonders and prophecies because everybody that walks in that realm ain't in a place with God they need to be. Go back and read Matthew 7, verse 21. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, the kingdom of heaven ain't a place called heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the power and authority and dominion of God dwelling in you. He said, everyone says unto me, Lord, Lord, you're not going to enter into this place. You're not going to enter into this kingdom. And he said, then they're going to say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? Have we not done wonderful works in thy name? He said, I'm going to say unto them, depart from me. You workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Because see, all of us start out, we walk in immaturity. We walk in the basics. We walk in the principles. But there comes a time. That's what I'm going to show you right here. I'm almost finished. Just bear with me. Chapter 6 of Hebrews, I'm going right on down. I'll read verse 14 of chapter 5. But strong meat belongs to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use is exercised have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And a lot of people can't tell somebody's of God or not. I don't have to talk to you very long. <laughs> I don't have to be around you very long. I can tell you whether your spirit's right with God or not. Sometimes all I got to do is look at you. It's just something God's put in me. It's called discerning of spirits. I remember I was in Mississippi years ago. This was back in the 90s. And I had to preach there that night and had a couple people that worked with me in the ministry. We pulled up to a restaurant and was going to get something to eat about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And they got out and headed on toward the restaurant. Man, I was sitting there and just as I stepped out of the car, two lesbians stepped out of that restaurant. And they were probably 300 feet from me. And, buddy, I felt that spirit hit me like somebody had smacked me between my eyes. And, oh, the spirit of God rose up in me. I didn't have to get around them. I didn't have to talk. I, I discerned that spirit. There's preachers in the pulpits right now that they in it just for the gifts. They in it for the fame. They in it for the money. They in it for, and ain't right. I'm telling you what I saw, that sword. God fixing to deal with these kind of things. God fixing to deal with these kind of things. Don't name the word name of the Lord and get it and work in iniquity. He said, let every man that, everyone that nameth the name of Christ, you depart from iniquity. You get iniquity out of your lives. God's not called us to uncleanness, but he's called us unto holiness. He's called us unto righteousness and true holiness. Is that right? So, Paul's talking here, strong eat meat, Belongeth to them, they're full age or mature. Even those by reasons of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But after 46 years of seeking God, God's given me discernment. And I can tell you, most of the time, when I'm around somebody, what the intent of their heart is. I can tell you. <laughs> I remember I met Sister Kathy. Years ago. 
And I think I'd only preached at her church one time. And she had a gallbladder operation that morning. Had her gallbladder took out. And I was preaching to her church that night, buddy. She checked herself out of the hospital. She wanted to be under that word just that bad. I didn't know you personally then, Sister Kathy. Probably only heard me preach, what, one time? But she knew there was something there. And she checked herself out. Her being a nurse knew what the risks were. But she checked herself out because she wanted to be in that word that night. And I didn't see you for a long time. She come to a meeting where I was a minister. And I looked at her and I said, I don't know where you're going to church, what you're doing, who you're sitting under. I said, but you're starving to death. And I said, the devil's fixing to destroy you. And I prayed for her and God set her free. Started working some things in her life. And then she was willing to drive two and a half hours from L.J., Georgia to Fort Payne, Alabama to be under this word because it saved her life spiritually. I got a good friend. She pastors two churches. And she'll tell you right quick, I don't like to do what I'm doing. God called me to do it. If there's a man to do it, I wouldn't be doing it. She pastors the church in Savannah, Georgia, and Twin City, Georgia. They're 90-something miles apart. She tells her people, it's worth the drive to stay alive. Because everywhere you can find the truth. You can find good worship. You can find good praise. You can find good singing. But they ain't everywhere you can find a word to feed your soul. And something that will teach you how to go on in God. From this Sunday right here forward, I'm going to be teaching people as God will allow me how to go forward in God. Because it's what God spoke in that prophecy. Said it's time for people to rise up and possess what God set before them. You know when Joshua crossed Jordan, all them men went with him, armed to go to war. They had to go in. It's God's promise, but they had to go in and possess it. They had to go in and fight for every foot of it. But God fought with them. God fought for them. God led them. God guided them, but they possessed the land. Are you ready to possess the land? Are you ready to move into this kingdom? Are you ready to move into something more than part truth? Are you ready to move into something more than just the gifts working here and the gifts working there? Are you ready to quit prophesying in part, understanding in part, knowing in part? I think I was telling you a while ago, I was preaching on this in Fort Payne, and I took a pair of sunglasses and put it on because God said we see through a glass darkly. And then I took another pair and put them on top of that and I put another pair and put them on top of about five pairs of sunglasses. I said, man, I can't hardly see nothing. But God said, that's the way it is right now. He said, you see through a glass darkly, but there's coming a time you ain't gonna see through a glass darkly. You're gonna see me face to face and you're gonna know me even as you're also known. It's taking us somewhere if, we, if we'll go. But I'm gonna tell you something. If we don't go, somebody's gonna go. Somebody's gonna go. Because God's going to have a people that's going to possess his kingdom. He said it in his word. He said, I'm going to have people. I'm going to have people called by my name. Does it have to be us? No. You know, God spoke here in that prophecy on February the 19th and said by the time summer comes, there's going to be a people that he's going to begin to reveal 
something in spirit he ain't never revealed before, taking us beyond. And I've told people for years, I said Pentecost was the beginning. Everybody won't stop at Pentecost. Everybody won't stop at tongues. Everybody won't stop what God done on Pentecost. That was the beginning. It wasn't the fullness of God. It was the beginning of God in the church. And I've been telling people for years, I said there's coming an outpour greater than the day of Pentecost. Brother Manny, you can't preach that. Yeah, I can. Why can't I preach it? He said the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Did he not? Did God not tell us there's three dispensations of the rain, the former rain, the rain, and the latter rain? They're all three different. We, ain't, we, we don't know what the latter rain is because we've never experienced it. We've experienced rain. We've experienced former rain. That's what happened to the church, Pentecost. And here we are saying we fixing to go in the fullness of God. We ain't even got what the first church started out with. So God's got to change us. God's got to help us. God's got to bring us forward. Amen. Let me get this last scripture. In Hebrews 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Leaving what? Your ABCs. Leaving what you should have learned when you started out with God. Not forgetting them, but moving forward. Anybody remember your flashcards? Taught you addition, subtraction, and then you got third or fourth grade. Start teaching you multiplication tables. Well, you didn't start out learning multiplication. You started out learning one and one's two. And one and two is three. And one and three is four. And once you got through the onesies, you went to the twosies. But you didn't do multiplication until you learned addition and subtraction. And then when you learn multiplication... You could do division. We, as we grew, we got taught more. Your mind can only process so much. So they don't teach you. or me, They didn't teach me multiplication and division, I think, until I got to the third grade. Because my mind wasn't developed. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Our spiritual minds have to develop and they develop in prayer and a relationship with God. They develop in a study of the Word. They develop spiritually by the working of the Holy Ghost. That's why what Paul said to the, to the Corinthian church, he said, it's come down to where all these things that's operating in the church right now, there's coming a day, they're going to cease. Once God starts bringing in that which is perfect, and Paul said right here, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Let us go on to maturity. Let us go on to completeness. Are y'all with me? Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. My God, every time you turn around, people are repenting. If you're always repenting, you don't have no victory. Say amen or oh me, especially if you're always repenting over the same thing. It's time to get victory over it. It's time to get victory over it. 
not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God or the doctrines of baptism and of the laying on of hands. Is that where we're at? Is that what's going on? Prophecies laying on of hands, gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I'm going to get an amen out of y'all somewhere. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm trying to show you the church has reached the end of the age she's in. God wants to take her into a maturity. See, God moves in seasons. He moves in dispensations. I never seen the dispensations of the rains till about three or four years ago. And I was praying one day, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, the former rain was a dispensation. The rain is a dispensation. The latter rain will be a dispensation. I said, really? The former rain is what fell on the church the day of Pentecost. When I grew up, and I started preaching, I used to tell everybody, man, what they got on the day of Pentecost, I got it. But it never manifested itself. Not like what they had. I wasn't ever able to go turn cities upside down. I wasn't able to go turn the world upside down. They said about Paul and Silas, I believe it was, could have been Barnum, said these men that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. I've had some great revivals. But I, I mean, Philip, a deacon in the church, went down to Samaria, turned the whole city upside down. Had great miracles. I mean, the whole city. You had any citywide revivals? You must not have the right Holy Ghost then. See what the Lord started showing me. He said the dispensation of the former rain was for that period right there. Probably a couple hundred years. He said once that dispensation passed, he said I didn't pour that out again. Then we went to the rain and that's just the Spirit of God working with us. Now we've come to the time we're fixing to enter into the latter rain. But the Lord told Joel in Joel 2, he said, it shall come to pass that you get the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain, all in that first month, all at the same time. For years, see, I know the first month in the Jewish calendar is April. For years, Sister Cheryl, I, I believe God was going to do something in April, just pour out the Holy Ghost in a great way. Because he said, I'll cause to come down for you the rain, the former, and the latter rain in the first month. I thought it was the literal first month. And I was praying. I didn't even have those scriptures on my mind. And the Lord spoke right in here. He said, the first month is not the literal first month of the year or the Jewish calendar. He said, the first month is a type and a sign of a new season. We're fixing to enter into a new season. That God's going to give us the rain, the former, and the latter rain. All in this new season, it's going to start coming in. But we've got to be flexible and we've got to be willing to leave what we've been raised in. Not forsake it, but move forward. Because you tell everybody, I can stand up here and shout, God told me he's going to do a new thing. Man, people are shouting, praise God, and come unglued. You start preaching something different. I said, wait a minute, that ain't what I've been taught. And just sat down on you. 
just pull back on you. Well, I've been serving God 60 years, and I ain't never heard that, and I ain't never seen that. How long was the law in effect? Several thousand years? And then here come this crazy man one day. Stand out on the banks of Jordan in a leathern, a camel's hair robe, leathern girdle, eating locusts and wild honey. Scream, repent! Be baptized in water for the remission of sin. Now where's that in the law? See, God ordered a change. God ordered a change. When he moved from Moses to Joshua, he ordered a change. Are y'all with me? God has ordered a change because he told Paul, he said, let's go on. Let's don't stay where we're at. Let's go on. Let's go on to perfection. Let's go on to maturity. Let's go on to the completeness that I want to bring in my people. Let's go on. Amen. We're well able. We can do one or two things. We can stay with what we got and keep going nowhere. Or we can let God take us into something new and get equipped to have a ministry that's going to be like the first church and go beyond what the first church done in the book of Acts. We're going to be able to help folks. I want to be able to help folks. Amen. Now, I've had people laugh at me and tell me, Brother Metter, you left Fort Payne, you missed it. Because we started out in Fort Payne, little old church just like this, double the size of it. Put a big fellowship hall and classrooms on the side. We doubled the size of the church physically. And then some. Had the church one time up to about 60-something people. Started with just a handful. Labored there 15 years. Brother Metter missed it, and he left Fort Payne when I heard just that handful of LJ. Brother Metter ain't missed anything. Brother Metter's being led by the Spirit of God. And what God's going to do right here? Y'all remember that Sunday God spoke? I was preaching. And the Lord spoke. So Stan, I don't know if you're here or not. But I spoke by the Spirit of God. I said, God told me he's fixing to put L.A.J. Georgia and Carter K. Georgia on the map. By the act of God and the working of the Holy Ghost, he's fixing to do right here. And when I said that, it's like the Spirit of God went across this place like electricity for five or ten minutes. People just raised their hands and wept and magnified God. You can feel it in the air. Everybody felt it's just like electricity. God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. God sent me to Ella J in my tent, 98, 99, had two great beatings. A lot of miracles, a lot of folks saved, delivered. I never could get Ella J out of my spirit. Come back up here and preach, preached in homes, preached in different churches. Then in 2012, God told us to have a tent meeting in Jasper, which is about 25 miles down the road. Had a tent meeting there. All kind of miracles and deliverance. I know we had at least three people healed of cancer. Got their testimonies. One lady come in. She had rods down her back. She had a nerve stimulator. She had to press the button. And she couldn't turn her her neck. She had to turn her whole upper body like this. I prayed for her that night. She started turning her neck. I mean, right there and I prayed for her. She started turning her neck. She come back the next night and testified. She said, I am wore out. 
She said, my grandkids all day long kept telling me, Grammy, turn your neck. Grammy, turn your neck. She, she said, I turned my neck all day long. My neck sort of wore out because she had to turn her whole upper body till God healed her. Man, come in there in a halo. You know what I'm talking about, that metal bracing around his neck? I didn't ask him to take it off. I prayed for him. I believed God to heal him. He come back the next, meeting, next night to the meeting. Halo was off. He went home, took it off. God healed him. First tent meeting I'd had in 12 years. God moved in such a great way, Drew. 7,500 people a night. Somewhere God's going to speak to us, have tent meeting in LJ. I don't know. But I'm waiting for the leadership of the Holy Ghost because when you wait, God will move. I was telling Sister Cheryl here back, she's getting ready. To, she's from Australia. She's getting ready to go to Australia right around Christmas or somewhere in there. And I was telling her how God spoke to me in 2014 and gave me signs of great revivals in that part of the country. I got it on tape. God said there'd be great revivals in New Zealand, Australia, all that area over there, Japan, Philippines, and God prophesied earthquakes in New Zealand, Japan, North Korea, all through them islands over there. And since... I think November 16th of last year, New Zealand had an earthquake. God said there'd be 7.5 and greater. New Zealand had an earthquake. Two weeks later, Japan had an earthquake. Then they've had either three or four major earthquakes down through New Guinea and Papua New Guinea and down through them Solomon Islands over there. They've all been 7.5 and above. It's a sign God's fixing to visit that place with great revival. I want to be a part of it. Oh, you better believe it. Because God showed me back, me and my wife first got married. I read about John G. Lake. Some of you may have read about him. Had great revivals in Australia. The Lord told me then, going to have great revivals in Australia. I believe him. Has it happened yet? No. See, there's a lot of things God spoke in that word ain't happened yet. So I believe him. Amen. So let's get ready to go forward. Let's get ready to move into what God's got for us. But for God to take you forward, sometimes you've got to turn loose of what's behind you. Amen. And it ain't always easy. But if you want God, you've got to do what's necessary. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost family. I've lost loved ones. I've lost preacher friends. But I'm going to go on with God. I've had people tell, Brother Metter, you're making a mistake, you're messing up. I said, look, just leave me alone. I said, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm following God as I know the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And every time God speaks to me, he's going to do something to bear a sign to this world. He does it. He does it. So, I'm not just following a voice out there. He's making himself real to me. Amen. He's making himself real to me. Appreciate the Lord today. Will you go to prayer with me? Father, I thank you for this word. Thank you for the leadership of your spirit. God, let it find good ground. Lord, I don't want it to just find ground. I want it to find good ground where it will take root, spring up, bring forth fruit. God, let this word be a seed sown. And let it cause us to pray and meditate and think upon this word and God realize 
You're fixing to do something different. You're fixing to do something new, something our eyes have not seen, something our ears hadn't heard, something's not entered into our hearts. You're fixing to do something different, Lord. But let your will be done. I give you honor. And I thank you, God, for the way you're revealing yourself and for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing in these last days. By your name, Jesus, I give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this word's been a blessing to you. I really do. Because like I said, God ain't going to make us go. But I want to go. Amen. I want to go. It's not just the gifts of the Spirit. It's not just having miracles. It's not just healings. I've had them for years. And I'm not boasting. I've had them for years. Y'all know y'all been around me. Most of y'all in here has been around me. My wife's had to be around me for the last 35 years. <laughs> My mother-in-law. That's not where God stops. Amen. It's not where He stops. It's not where He stops. The young man back there running the sound booth, he first got around me back in 2008. We spent 21 days in the church in Alabama fasting and praying, seeking God. And I was in there praying one night. We probably had half a dozen. May have had a few more. The Spirit of the Lord fell on me. And I took a piece of paper and I wrote on it, Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And I showed it to somebody. And they said, Brother Miller, don't do that. Don't say, don't say that. I said, I can't help it. I said, it's in here. I feel it. And I said, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. And within two days, it snowed in 39 states. And somewhere not too long after that, I think it snowed in all 50 states. And that was back in December of 08 and early 09. I can't help God put these things in my spirit. My sister will tell me, she said, don't say that. I said, whether I say it or not, I said, God's going to do it. <laughs> so, but see, God does that to confirm his word to me and to confirm his word to you. The Bible said he will confirm his word with signs following. We're always going to have signs and miracles, but you don't want to stop there. I don't want to stop there. Everybody's preached Holy Ghost. They preach fire. They preach miracle signs and wonders, but very few people have ever taught on possessing the nature of Christ taking, you, taking its abode in here. His compassion, His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, His nature. You don't have to worry about the power. You, you get the nature of Christ, the power is going to be there. Amen. I don't seek for power. I don't seek for power. You get that intimacy of Christ, you become intimate with Him. Everything that He's got, He's going to give it to you. Like I said, me and my wife's married 35 years, February 14th. Everything that belongs to me is hers. Why? Because I love her. And if I know she needs anything, she'll have to say it. If I got the finances, got the means, I'll get it for her. Because I love her. That's the way the Lord is with us. You love him, you show him you love him. 
you seek him, you get in relationship, you get in intimacy with him, then what he's got, he'll give you. He'll give you. That's how it works. He'll give it to you. Amen. Did he not tell Paul, I show you a great mystery concerning Christ in the church? Being a man and his wife, two going to come together and become one. We're going to come together in the spirit with him and become one. Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord. Hallelujah. Does anybody need prayer? You need uh, healing in your body? You got something you want me to pray with you about? Uh, more than happy to. I appreciate the way the Lord's moved today. We ain't big. But God's putting something in us. We're going to shake L.A.J. and Carter K. Georgia. And there ain't no telling where God's going to send us. I believe that. Because after five months of not being able to go anywhere and do anything, I come out of the hospital. I didn't even know. I'd never been sick. I've always believed God. And my sugar went sky high. The devil done his best to kill me. But the Lord told my wife, I said, I ain't through with him. I said, I am going to heal him, raise him up. But there for five months, I couldn't go anywhere and do anything. I finally got back to the church in Fort Payne in April of 2015. When I did, a man I got confidence in. I've known him for 20-something years. He come and laid his hands on me. He said, Brother Matter, he said, the Lord wants you to know what he's doing. He said, the Lord's held you out of the church in Fort Payne. He said, because he don't want people's attention on you. He said, but you're an apostle. He said, you're fixing to go forth and plant many churches. And I'm going to give you the mysteries of the kingdom that I gave to the men of old. So I'm going to plant many churches. I don't know how long I'm going to be in L.J., but I figure God's going to establish a church here in L.J. We're going to work in and out of. I really do. I feel like it's going to be our home base. thought it was going to be Fort Payne, but it never materialized. You know, you can't make God do something if it ain't his will. thought it was going to be Fort Payne, but I, I really feel like God's going to establish us here. We're going to go in and this church. We're going to plant churches all over the world because there's people out there hungry all over the world. Amen. You know, the enemy tried to tell me not too long after. He said, ain't nobody going to believe what you're preaching. I stopped, thought about it. I said, devil, it's too late. Somebody already does. Amen. God's bringing us forward. Anybody at all need prayer? If you do, come on right now and I'll, I'll lay hands on your pray with you or whatever you want. Okay. Okay. Is it right there in the small of your back or does it just move? Just shifts around. Go ahead and raise your hands to the Lord. Says Kathy, I want you to come in and stand in for your Stepdad, I really felt a miracle when I was talking to you the other night about him. Man, I felt they put him in the hospital. Start having chest pains. And, you know, her mother's in a nursing home. She got that daughter-in-law battling cancer. And she's got a lot of pressure on her. He got a lot of pressure on him. And I got talking to her about him the other night. I felt like God's going to give him a miracle. I just 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak to this thing. Whatever the situation or circumstance in your back, make it whole. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here, I've had these in my pocket while I was preaching. I want you to take one to you. Daddy-in-law, I want you to believe with me. Y'all set your heart on the Lord with me. See, having that test tomorrow, what are they doing, heart cath? Oh, tra bruta ta che inspiazoto in. Oh, my God, I call that one done right there. I call that one done. Hallelujah. You know, when I feel the witness of the Spirit is done, I don't keep praying. <laughs> I don't see no point. I prayed for people over the years, and I'd be praying for somebody, and I feel witness, and I tell them it's done, and people be standing there, and they'd have their hands on him. Lord, we believe God was handling, and they keep on praying, and I just step back and look at them and say, "Well, y'all still praying for us? It's done. God ain't gonna hear you for much speaking. <laughs> don't you love Him?" Hallelujah. Have you had a good time in the Lord today? Good. Like I said, I don't know where the rest of our congregation is, but I'm glad y'all are here. I'm glad I'm here. So y'all keep us in prayer. We're headed to Jasper, Alabama Thursday night. We're going to go be with my good friend and brother over there, Brother Mark. He contacted me and wanted us to come over. So we prayed about it. He gave me a couple of dates. And so we're going to go over and be there with him Thursday night. So we're going to be on the road probably two and a half, three hours. So y'all pray for us. But I'm looking for a great service. Looking for God to do something. Last time I was there, I prayed for a, a baby just a month old. They fixed to do open heart surgery on. I told him, I said, don't let the doctors do it unless it's a matter of life and death. I said, just wait. About a month later, they let me know the hole closed up. I felt it. I said, God's going to heal him. Don't do it. And the grandmother had scoliosis of the spine. And I had a nurse there. She checked her. Her spine just. I said, you feel it? She said, oh, yeah. She said, it's crooked. I said, watch what God's going to do. I laid hands on her and God done it. I said, you feel anything out of, no, ain't nothing out of alignment now. I said, she said, no, I'm telling you. She said, spine's just like it's supposed to be. Ain't no bumps and dips and curves in it. So, God makes himself real and he confirms his word. Amen. And God always will till we come to maturity. Hallelujah. And then he won't have to Confirm it to us. You know, people don't get a sign every now and then that God's real. They kind of get discouraged. Don't tell me you don't. We do. But once God reveals Himself in here, there's a fuller measure and a maturity coming in. God won't have to. We'll know He's here. We'll know He's here. Amen. All hearts and minds clear.
Have you enjoyed the Word? Have you enjoyed the working of the Spirit of God? Good. I'm glad you did. I've enjoyed what God done today. I like to preach and teach. I like to teach more than I like to preach. I just love God's Word. I just love God's Word. Amen. Just love it. So, before we dismiss, I'm going to ask those of you who will help us in uh, tithing, offering, or giving, whatever you can, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. I'm going to set two baskets down here, one over here. It's going to be for the church. If you got a tithe or an offering for the church, and I'm going to set the one over here. It's going to be for me because I don't work a job anymore. I got rid of my business. So I'm just at God's hands, whatever God gives us to help take care of things. So this one over here is tithe, offering. This one over here is offering for me. And we got a jar back here. We take up dollars and change and whatever you want to give for missions. So whatever you feel let the Lord do. Stand on your feet. Come on right now. Do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. That's all I ask. You just be obedient to the voice of the Lord. Love you. Brother, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. God bless you. Sister Cheryl, appreciate y'all coming. You said your name was Pat or Patricia. Appreciate y'all coming. Hope y'all can come back and be with us. Really do. Because I know God's fixing to take us somewhere. Amen. God fixing to take us somewhere. Hallelujah. Brother Donald, I'm going to let you dismiss. Come on right now. And, and uh, God bless y'all. Appreciate everybody being here. Thank you, Lord.